0: Good time of the day and welcome to another episode of and when I say I mean I'm your co-host Austin and I am your co-host Adrian Adrian nice haircut I think thank you you got it right this time it, it looks nice your beard looks nice and trim mm-hmm. very nice
1: thank you how thank was you. your haircut it was good um Tuesday – I got it cut on Tuesday, and Tuesday was like maybe one of the most productive days I've had in a long time. Um, Congrats. I mean, I guess it depends on how you measure productivity, but um, it felt very productive. So Mm -hmm. I got a haircut – after work, I went and got my Mm haircut. And then I should – okay, here's one thing that I need to learn at getting better at doing. This is going to sound really lame, but – so instead of – so on Tuesday I got my haircut and then trimmed my beard. I need to trim the beard first and then get the haircut because then when he blends the the beard and the uh, hair, mm-hmm. it looks yeah, better yeah, than yeah. when I do it personally. Um, but yeah, I desperately needed a haircut. I had – my last haircut was like before Christmas or something like that. So Wow. it's It's been a while. And then after I got back, I completely cleaned my room and did some redecorating and mm. yeah spent the whole i, I was just cleaning
0: say, and doing laundry from the angle that i can see you at everything still looks identical well so. yeah you usually
1: don't see the floor to my right which is usually covered in everything but now mm-hmm. it's clean here maybe i'll give you this is really good for audio see look that's clean there. oh wow what a floor! See, i have some new posters I have I hung up my Ansel Adam picture that a nice. friend got me. There's my um my coffee, coffee bag things. Mhm. Pictures and then there's the rest of it. So you can't tell because you never saw it before, but it was horrendous. Oh, too bad. Yeah. So, it feels it feels
0: good to have a clean room. Mhm. I had I had one of my less productive days Wednesday. Yeah.
1: Why was it less productive?
0: Well, I spent way too much time walking, watching uh, Michael Cohen testify before uh. the House Committee on such and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That was why it was least productive because nothing happened, or
0: well, so so the hearing, I did not expect the hearing to be seven hours long. Wow. Uh, but it was seven hours long, and wow, yeah. Yeah. Um and so I was watching it while doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um and so like I thought it was though I sp- I did spend a lot of time just watching it. And and so I'm like I thought this was going to be interesting. And it wasn't. But it wasn't really. I didn't I didn't find it to be very interesting. Um so that was kind of a bummer. Yeah.
1: I'm glad that I didn't watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know you should be. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. If you were gonna watch, I would say if you're gonna watch an extended amount of the trial, just watch his first thirty minute introduction and do that at like two or three times speed. Okay, I'm probably just not gonna watch it then. Mm. Let me tell you though, three times speed, that'll mm-hmm. change your life. Mm-hmm. Thirty minutes, bam, ten minutes. It's like you're a time lord. Yeah. Call me the doctor. Doctor Strange. Um, Yes. Let Also, I guess he is a time lord. Who were you
1: thinking of? Oh, you were thinking of Doctor Doctor Who. Who. (laughs) But Doctor
0: Strange is kind of a time lord. He's definitely a time lord. Don't at me, Doctor Who fans. Do people still watch Doctor Who? I think so. Okay. Um...
1: Another thing another great thing that happened to me this week was um I was video calling and playing Hearthstone with Anthony from Pittsburgh on Saturday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Um and then at the end of that I got to chat with Oliver, who nice. had just got up from his nap. And then so we chatted for a little bit and then he went he hung up. And then two seconds later, I get a text message from Anthony that says, Oliver's really upset that Uncle Adrian left. Can you get back on? And so I got back on, and we were chatting again, and then he wanted me to read him a book. What? And then Anthony was like, I don't think Adrian can read you a book. And I was like, guess what? I can. I have Make Way for Ducklings here because I had bought it for Oliver, but he already had it. So I didn't give it to him for Christmas, so I had it in my room. This is before I cleaned it, so it was just Mm -hmm. everywhere. And so I was able to read him Make Way for Ducklings on Saturday. It was a fantastic
0: time. I could have read him The First Circle by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It's right next to my desk. <laughs> Is it good for children or? Um, Probably not. It's about a Soviet gulag, so. <laughs> probably <laughs> um, not. Probably not, no.
1: Anything so, else from your weekend? Start him
0: young. I went to Ottawa. Nice. Um, hmm it was nice. Did you see any skating? Nice. On the locks. Uh yep. Sunny. Though so it was like 33 and sunny, which is beautiful. It was really nice. It was, but the ice was was not great.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Was it um, as bad as that one time we played hockey at the Hershey's pond and it was like 50
0: degrees out? Cuz that was no, the worst. No, like it wasn't as bad as that, but it, like it wasn't good. Okay, um, fair like skating usually seems like less effort than walking. Uh-huh. Uh that was not true. Mm-hmm. Uh Saturday. Uh That's we bummer. went to the National Gallery and which I was excited about because our parents said it was too boring. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it, it it closed at 5, so only got to see like a quarter of it. Uh that was kind of a bummer.
1: And what was the best part about it?
0: Um was it boring? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. What so we 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 went like backward in time through the National Gallery. Okay. Uh so we started out in Dada land. And I'm not the biggest fan of Dada. Um in fact, one might even s- could say I'm not a fan of Dada. Can you remind uh, me what Dada is if it's
1: familiar to me but Sure.
0: Um Dada is an art movement uh, starting in like the the uh, 20s, moving into the 50s, and is best represented by Michel Foucault, mm-hmm. uh, and epitomized by his work, The Fountain. Yeah, that was which a- is a urinal, mm-hmm. which some words are written on it that he put into a gallery.
1: Mm-hmm. That was um, that was the first thing that came up when I Googled Dada. Yeah, it should.
0: It. Um, so there was lots of works by Foucault. Uh, at, at this gallery, which would be exciting if they weren't, if it wasn't just like a shovel propped up against a wall. <laughs> um,
1: although in light of our conversation from last week about Mar- for about movies, shouldn't this be like the greatest form of art ever because you're breaking down so many barriers.
0: We don't oh, need to yeah. go down this rabbit
1: hole. If you well, want it,
0: to. no, no, no. That's a, that's a good point though. Um, is but i i think it's doing it to show the meaninglessness of all and like the purely construction of art which i don't which i don't agree with um so i i think it like i think it's interesting uh in forcing us to ask deeper questions about what is art and what is beauty mm. um because i i think what beauty is is really an important question uh it's so i was so mad there were there was these two guys that dominated the opinion section of the collegiate which was grove city college's magazine mm-hmm. and i i read it every week for <laughs> no reason at all <laughs> only to complain about these two guys probably yes no 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 i had so much fun complaining about them this one guy was that writing an article <laughs> about our he also ran an ironic presidential campaign once, which is actually kind of funny. Um, but he wrote an article saying our video games art, and he starts out saying it like, uh, "Who who cares if video games are art? Like, it it doesn't matter." And I'm like, "What what are you even writing this article for? If you're gonna say what does it matter, first off, and of course it matters because what we say is art is a reflection, I think, of what we consider to be beautiful." And what I like, our conception of beauty, I think, is really foundational to uh, aesthetics and ethics. But anyway, um, and so one one of my favorite reoccurring things we saw three different um, works titled "The Prodigal Son." Mm -hmm. Uh, So we saw some some oil paintings that were like the son on his knees hugging the knees of the father um and i'm like i don't really like these because i think it 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 misses the point of the story which is it's not about the supplication of the son it's about the the grace of the father
1: so the painting should really be the father stooping down to the son Rather yeah. than the son
0: reaching up to the father. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there was a beautiful sculpture from, like, the early 1900s called the Prodigal Son. And it was these three f- just really indistinct figures um, hugging each other. And out of all three of them is carved the – is an emptiness in the shape of the son. And I'm like, wow, that's a really beautiful – Way to uh, to show the the hollowness caused by the loss of the sun and then the completeness of the family hmm. once it's reunited um, so a, a really cool cubist painting of a jazz pianist by some Russian woman whose name I forget uh works by Monet and van Gogh and Rembrandt. you know that that painting of general wolf dying uh yeah i do actually. it's there nice. saw it in person um uh saw some works by Cezanne, and descartes no not descartes Degas. <laughs> uh so i i had fun and th- didn't get to see everything because it closed
1: no that's that's upsetting It'd be more mm-hmm. fitting if that picture was in Quebec because that's where he died.
0: Right. It should be in Quebec, but the National Gallery is in Ottawa because that's, it's the capital. That's fair. Well, nice. That
1: sounds like a good mm-hmm. good time. Yeah, it was nice. Um, I don't know if we want to spend any time on it, but I did watch the
0: Oscars on Saturday or Sunday. Oh, we should. Ugh. I, I did, did not watch them because I was like... I just want to look at the winners, judge them and that's it. So uh,
1: um Green Book won best picture, mm-hmm. which if you remember from last week Austin was just slandering. I watched Green Book. I stand by that slander. I watched Green Book. It was it was good. Um it it had some great moments. Um Viggo Mortensen was great. Mahasha. La Ali was fantastic. I was close. Usually I don't even try his name, so that was pretty good. Um, So, I was less upset. um, I think, for me, I was more upset because I felt like it was telling it was telling a story as if okay, so it was hard for me to separate it from Black Klansmen. And mm-hmm. so it was telling a story as if here is something from the past, this is something from the past, and now we have grown out of this. Whereas mm-hmm. Black Klansmen did such a great job of saying, okay, yes, this is what it was like in the past, but what we see is still happening today. Right. Um, and I read a great art- – it wasn't actually a great article, but the title was great, and I think kind of um, – Got to the idea or what I was thinking. It, it was said, some, the, a title was something along the lines of um, "The Academy or Best Picture Winner shows that the Academy, like America, has not, is has still room to grow, or something like that." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like in the same way, it, it it felt like in some ways that picking Green Book as the winner of Best Picture kind of shows where America is today. Where, yes, we acknowledge that racism was a thing, but we think that it's in the past, and we try to ignore the fact that it
0: still is alive today. Yep. Um, Which is what I said. Uh, But I was talking to Anthony from Pittsburgh about it, and I got – I don't use a lot of reaction GIFs, but I thought it perfectly (laughs) summed up what I think of. With Green Book, mm-hmm. it's like racism solved. Computer guy thumbs up gif. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, like, that's what that's that's how I feel about Green Book.
1: And and I will say but, one thing. Go ahead. Like the acting
0: is good. Those those guys are fun. Mm-hmm. I think
1: the the good thing to take away from Green Book, which talking to um. One of my friends afterwards was that Green Book does show okay how do we how do we fight against racism right I mean he Vigo Mortensen puts himself into the situation with uh whatever his Mahershala as character and then they're able to learn about each other and grow and care for each other as people and mm-hmm. not and see past that and so I think that that is important. In fighting against racism is that you have to put yourself into situations where you're forced to get to know them and see them as people, Mm -hmm. not just as, okay, this person's white, this one's African American, or or whatever that looks like. And so I think that that is something that Green Book does really well, that maybe, I mean, Black Klansman does that to some extent, but Black Klansman, in a way, doesn't necessarily provide a way of restitution, which it's not trying
0: to, so... Mhm. I, I kind of does with Zip.
1: Kind of Flip
0: I think is his name. Flip. But. Yeah, that's right. His last name is Zimmerman.
1: But it seems like he's not racist to begin with, right? Whereas yeah. whereas it presents Vigo Mortens' character as racist or subtly mm-hmm. racist before.
0: Him. Um but uh Michelle Goldberg recommended Cold War and she said that, or no, Ross Dowsett. These are people from the argument. Mm-hmm. Said that you need to find it, the dingiest theater that you can that is showing Cold War, and hope it's just you and three guys randomly distributed in the theater wearing trench coats. <laughs> and that's, he said, that is the peak way to experience Cold War. I believe it. Um, I believe Cold that. War won nothing though.
1: I know. I I was hoping it'd win. Uh, first Reformed
0: won nothing. Green Book, okay, fight me. Green Book is not <laughs> the best screenplay. I, that, that is definitively wrong. When that
1: when that one got announced, I was like, Austin's gonna be so, bad. Not I'm only so did, mad. I'm so mad. First Reformed lose, but it lost to Green Book.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would. Green Book is so not the best screenplay. Ugh. Anyway,
1: but it's also possible that we know nothing about screenplays. It That could be true. I think it's probably pretty likely.
0: But I will agree with a email that we got from Becca from... Summers, right? ...Rochester. Um, the Critics' Choice Awards are better.
1: Did you watch the Critics' or, Choice Awards?
0: No, no, no. I just looked at who they awarded, mm. Um. and I, I found myself agreeing with them much more. Fair. They also they have a young performer's uh award that went to Elsie Fisher as it should for eighth grade. She presented an award. <laughs>
1: Woohoo. I will say the Oscars, despite the fact that I may have disagreed with the best picture, was so much better without a host. It was just like, this is this is fantastic. Anyways, what? Less-
0: you don't need Jimmy Kimmel being weird? No, you don't.
1: It's, it, you don't, really. It was not necessary. Anyways, we have talked about a lot of things. What's our topic for today?
0: Mm-hmm. So our topic for today is should Jesus be a comic book sidekick? Which may sound like a strange topic, uh, but that was in the works uh, in D.C., and I thought it, I th- it was canceled. Um, because people thought it was dumb. No, okay, okay people tell didn't it- think it was dumb. They thought it was blasphemous. Okay, tell us more about what this is. Okay, it was a comics series coming out called Second Coming, and it, fo- it follows Jesus' Second Coming, where he becomes the sidekick to a superhero. DC Comics Universe.
1: Why is he... The sidekick. Why does he even
0: have anything to do with
1: the superhero? Uh,
0: so the the point is to contrast uh, Jesus to the superhero. That c- it like it has things to do with superheroes because it's a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus is just kind of brought into this medium as a as a commentary, basically. So I was reading about this. And uh Russell, who is not who's the author uh of this comic book, he says or it says he's not a Christian, but is a great admirer of Christ, uh, saying it criticizes traditionally violent superhero stories. He suggested that maybe empathy and forgiveness are better ways of solving human conflict than super strength and the ability to see through walls. Jesus is the counterpoint to the ideology embedded in superhero stories that the only salvation for the world is the hope that the good guys are even better at violence than the bad guys.
1: Okay, yeah, I was I was thinking that I had heard a quote that
0: had to do with this, and
1: then when you got to the end of it, I realized that it was this quote that you had told me. Yeah,
0: I showed it to you yeah. last week, I think. Yeah.
1: But I think that is really interesting. That last bit was really the part that stuck out to me is like... Mm-hmm. The people that we idolize, right, the superheroes, if you will, are just mm-hmm. better at more – how did he say? He didn't say more, better, but better at violence than the bad guys. Yeah.
0: Um, Which is just kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I w- when I first saw the headline, I was like, okay, yeah, that seems good. I can stand by canceling this. But then I read that quote and I was like, oh, w- wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see that now. Um. And and so now it's got me thinking about the whole MCU. So I I I want to read this comic now. I think it would be interesting um, because basically I just want to see superheroes do all kinds of things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Marvel universe is a world that exists. Um, let's just let's just do whatever. Let's do everything in it. Let's let's see what happens. Um, Cause like. I want to watch just, like, all kinds of weird, boring movies that take place in the MCU. Like, I want to see... So, you've seen Community, right? Yeah. At least the first
1: three or so seasons.
0: Yeah, the good ones. So, you Mm -hmm. know how Community just has, like, genre episodes? Mm -hmm. Just, like, swoop, slotted into the Community formula? Yeah. I want to see that happen even more so in the MCU. Okay. So... I think it would be really fascinating to have just like a Captain America Daredevil movie that's just them hanging out talking about Christianity. I think that would be so interesting cuz like um Catholicism is largely unchanged in Daredevil despite the the presence of aliens and Norse gods. Mhm. Um so like I I want to I want to see like Let's find out what the religious landscape of the superhero world is. Uh, but anyway, that, is, that doesn't super matter to what this Jesus comic wants to be. Because um, I, I don't, I don't think we should have comics about theology. Okay, maybe we should have comics about theology, but I don't, I don't think they should be this. I think this is this comic is more about comics than it is about theology
1: but aren't aren't kind of isn't that quote what he's saying isn't that basically isn't he saying basically that comics and superhero movies are already about theology and that like um, it is really about who is better at violence
0: I mean that's not really that's not theology though theology is a study of god like i don't I don't think this comic book would be a study of God it would be a study of. Superhero ethics and uh morality
1: okay, maybe that's what my i meant then
0: like i I think it all superhero comics are implicitly investigations of morality right um or they have a, a implied morality so that's what do you, did I tell you about my idea for a street level uh vigilante of evil uh maybe Okay, so in this idea, a he's basically Daredevil, uh but a but like the pettiest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh and he goes around stopping good deeds from happening. Mhm. Uh it's so basically his ideology would be uh like an extreme form of um kind of social Darwinist capitalism. Okay. Where um Humanitarian aid and charity is actually harmful to the human race as a whole, so he takes it upon himself to stop acts of charity from happening uh, by, like, burning down soup kitchens or like, taking money from beggars. Right. Uh, just being, <laughs> just being, uh, his and his his nemesis is nemesis uh, would basically just be like grandmas who run like a like a church community meal or something right right so
1: uh, so what would be the purpose behind something like that like why would you want to do that
0: mm-hmm. i would want to do that because superheroes do have a very narrow picture of what morality looks like but there do, there doesn't seem to be a no one really seems to question why the morality ends up being the morality it is for superheroes. Um, or, or like, like let's question with great power comes great responsibility. Like we all know that because we've seen the 13 Spider-Men that have come out between now and 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, but why? And is that true? Um cuz i like i also kind of want to see so i i what i really want to do is watch this one anime that's out right now mm-hmm. that is by the creator of one punch man and in it this guy has like superpower like psychic superpowers that would let him basically run the world uh but he doesn't want to he wants to just be a normal guy um so I would want it to be more of like a anti-Peter Parker where like – or like what does responsibility look like? So are you concerned that
1: society is getting too much of its ethics from movies, specifically superhero movies, without actually thinking about it?
0: Um Yeah, and, and or like I think the morality of superhero stories is not bad but is is unexamined um so like captain america right is the moral heart of the MCU mm-hmm. right but why it, and like why is his morality superior to tony starks which is kind of the the ongoing dialogue right of Since infinity of war yeah um but it's it's not very it's not like super well examined because most of the superhero narrative is based on punching. Right. So, and, and now what I'm worried about with now that I'm thinking about this comic about Jesus and how like most of the superheroes are based off violence, um, and overcoming things through violence. That's Mm -hmm. like, that's how you win an argument through violence in the superhero world. And so now I'm worried with Captain Marvel coming up uh, that Captain Marvel is just going to be, oh no, we got beat by Thanos last time. We got outgunned. We just need bigger guns. And look, it's Captain Marvel. Now we can beat Thanos. As opposed to what? As opposed... cuz so what I what I really want to happen in Infinity War 4 is for um Cap and uh Steve Rogers to sacrifice themselves for They're the same people the the souls of everyone who was killed in the Snappening.
1: Mhm. Right. So so my question which I think falls into this thought mm-hmm. is like what does this tell us about society right as if this is if this is what we're being told in the most popular movies of our time i think you could probably argue maybe what
0: that conflict or violence is the way to solve problems mm-hmm. right or just in general i guess like it, it,
1: the morals or whatever is being t- like so it seems like there is a moral undertone to s- superhero movies That is just not Mm -hmm. talked about. Or it's kind of talked about, but we don't really want to talk about it. And then we'd rather just punch people. Um, And to be honest, that seems to be, I think, kind of where our society is. Is where it's like, everybody thinks that there is some kind of moral standard out there, but we don't really want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we'd rather just yell at people and punch people over Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that like because of the popularity of these movies, I I don't think that they're helping that. Or I wonder if they're just feeding that flame more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we don't really talk about what is the underlying thing that
0: is causing the punching. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I didn't think about it until now that we're saying all these things out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does seem. <laughs> yeah, it like how can it not be influencing people that the our model for how how you prove you're right is it's always violent. So like, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Cap Three. Civil War. So Mm -hmm. Steve wins the moral argument, kind of, when he says, I could do this all day. When he gets back up and is still going to fight Iron Man even though he's losing. Right. And then him and Bucky just like beat the snot out of Iron Man and then they win. Right. And it's, it's like, okay, Stevie's right. But he also just like destroyed Iron Man and that's right. how he that's how he proved he was right. Right. And so I was I was I was thinking about this in comparison to Lord of the Rings. And the the Lord of the Rings is just like a protracted series of failures basically by our heroes, but they're failing because they're sticking to what is right. Mhm. So uh like Aragorn. So it, in the in the last yeah the last scene. This is what I want to talk about. Go for Aragorn Gimli. Aragorn's basically like, okay, we can't win, and, and so like the argument of, of like of the contrast between Boromir and Aragorn. Boromir says we have this. The ring. Mm-hmm. Let's use it to. To show the power of men once again. Uh, we've been given a gift, uh, he says, to use against Sauron. Um, but the the argument of the, the rest of the Fellowship and Aragorn is we can't use this ring. The power of the ring will inevitably corrupt us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will become as Sauron is if we use the power of the ring. And so the ring has to be destroyed. And so Aragorn... Leads this fool's quest to the gates of Mountain or the gates of uh, Barad-dur. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, wow. No, the Black Gates. I, yeah. pff, wow, I'm embarrassing myself here. Uh, basically, Gulda- to
1: just Dugador, right?
0: Anyway. Uh, no. Okay,
1: keep going. Anyways, doesn't matter because this is amazing.
0: And to to just distract Sauron. So Frodo can do the 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 right thing of destroying the ring. That Frodo and then even, even has the chance. Like he doesn't even know that Frodo is still alive. Right, and he thinks Frodo is dead. Right. Um, but in spite of that, he goes and fights anyway, and it's it's not about because they they are definitely going to lose this fight. Mm-hmm. Like they they will lose this fight, but it doesn't matter that they lose because they're doing they're doing what they need to do in order to not succumb to the corruption of the ring ultimately. Right. Um and so I like the And then Frodo fails too, and it's only through the the act of Oldar the one by which they're saved. Anyway, that's kind of an Easter egg. Um you catastrophe uh-huh. is, is how they're saved. Um So it's not that it's scrappy Aragorn doing this all day is able to overcome right. Sauron by their strength. They're they're able to overcome Sauron by hope and Sacrifice. Mhm. Which and again, God. Right.
1: But which again, like It points to why having Jesus as a character in this movie is so – or, like, in a comic would be so Mm -hmm. counter to it, right? Because, like, when Jesus came and was living on earth, how did he win? How was he victorious? It wasn't Mm -hmm. because he came out and fought or could do it all day or just had the bigger manpower, right? He just – he gave himself up and allowed himself to be killed for the salvation of many, like – I don't know. It just is. It it show it's it's so compelling. And again, I that scene uh, that in the land of Lord of the Rings is also very compelling too. I don't know that. That seems to fit with the moral. Mm-hmm. The this underlying moral that these superhero movies do have, yet it's not what is shown to be. It, it's not a complete
0: picture within this mm-hmm. these movies, right? The so Captain America is like deontological framework of we don't trade lives. That should be the moral message that that carries through. I I think right um that we do that th- we do the right things because they're right not because they serve some greater purpose right and and
1: he doesn't even i don't even think he believes that because right in the here you have vision who is willing to sacrifice himself for the sake of like hun- like half of the universe right but Captain America doesn't actually believe that that's right. He says, no, we're going to f- we're gonna outfight this guy. As opposed to just saying, hey, I'm going to lay down my life for half of the universe. It doesn't seem like Captain America is actually willing to do that, even though that's what he says he is.
0: Wait, no, he's not. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we're going to fight until the last because I'm not going to give up Vision for the hope that we can stop Thanos but that just uh, okay that's I don't want to get down a sidetrack
1: that just seems really selfish it doesn't seem to fit with his
0: ethic sure it does he's sticking to his guns though he does sacrifice himself often um
1: like uh, the first one where he flew an atomic bomb into the ocean
0: Mm mhm but, and so so now I'm worried that it's it's not gonna be the reconciliation of Captain America and Iron Man, which I'm sure it will happen, but I want that to be the the driving force of of the victory, right, um, not we have Captain Marvel now, ah Or by
1: some, like, banning together. Like, like, I think there is validity in saying, like, yeah, we can come together and do more together than we can apart. But I don't think that that – I don't think that's – in some ways that's not how change happens or or that we do Mm -hmm. conquer villains, right? It's about – I think it is about sacrifice. It's about giving – it's about humility. It's about – Captain America and Iron Man saying, hey, we as much as we think we're right, we're willing to say that we're wrong for the sake of other people, or, or realizing, hey, we are wrong, or mm-hmm. that even though I have, like, in some ways, part of what I'm saying is right, but part of what you're saying is right, too, and part of what I'm saying is wrong, and, and I think that that would be a much more compelling end to this this saga to see those characters say, I'm going to give up the thing that I love most Mm -hmm. for the sake of all of these people, as opposed to saying, I'm just going to punch the snot out of these people until I die. I don't think that that's compelling.
0: Right. Well, and, and I think it, it creates an implicitly black and white world. And you prove that you're, you're right by being better at punching. Mm-hmm. Like if, like if the only way solutions can be solved is one person wins a fight and the other, like that has to be a zero-sum situation.
1: And I don't think that that's what we even see in history, right? What do you mean? It's it's not always the person who punches harder that wins.
0: What, what do you mean? Well, I I would say we, it's not the person who is stronger who is right. Okay, yeah.
1: That's essentially what I'm saying, right? That's not... We don't see that. That's not the
0: case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But in the Marvel Universe, moral rightness is often determined by strength. Right, because... Uh,
1: because who says that the Avengers are right? Like... Like, where did we get the idea that? I don't know. That's maybe too deep, but like, why is Samuel L. Jackson and the Avengers get to determine how the universe, like, how what what is right and wrong in the universe? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's Nick Fury, but I, I that is like that's the point of Cap Three, basically. Right, but so that's what I like about Daredevil. And I wish it was coming back. Um, it will but, eventually. Yeah, but it won't be the same, though. Daredevil is is one of the much more thoughtful and morally thoughtful Marvel properties. Um, I read an article somewhere that it was like, Matt's superpower isn't that he can has super senses because he's blind. It's that he's Catholic. And so his his belief in redemption is what differentiates him from the characters around him and mm-hmm. so the, the 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 dramatic question basically of season 3 of daredevil is is matt murdoch going to kill the kingpin or not and so the the tension like the the conflict is for Matt's person, because you you like assume he's going to defeat the kingpin, but is what price is he going to defeat the kingpin at? Will will he um, will he do something like at the irrevocable act of killing the kingpin? Because um, right, everyone is is redeemable mm-hmm. in uh, a Christian worldview. I hope. I hope that's the shared yeah. belief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, if if Matt thinks that about the kingpin, him, him killing the kingpin is basically like usurping the role of God, mm-hmm. um, and saying that no kingpin's not redeemable, blammo. Right. Uh, and so there, there, I think it's a great moment of tension of him punching kingpin in the face and then just like screaming trying uh, and when he decides not to kill him Mm um so i i think daredevil is great because it reflects on why do people hold the moral beliefs that they have and how do those moral beliefs impact their how they act um because that that's not i tv is different than movies but we've had we've had enough movies at this point. Like, why does Iron Man believe what he does? Mm-hmm. It, it, other than just, like, experience, I guess. Right. And I, so, I think something I've been thinking about even just
1: today is, like, what are the things that, what are the events in people's lives that make them believe the things that they do? And so, recently I've been, I was looking at the Hero's Journey arc.
0: Mm-hmm
1: um and so it's 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 clear if you look at this okay there are moments um this is what then caused this to happen later or they had to go through this so that they now can do this Mm -hmm. um and so then something that i have been thinking about is like okay is there a villain arc um, I didn't Google it, so maybe somebody has already thought about this already. But as I was thinking about it, I think maybe the first half or the first quarter or something, like there is overlap between the hero's journey and the villain journey. Um, but then something happens. I don't know what it is or if this is even true. But this is what I am thinking. It's like there's something that happens along that journey where those paths split and mm-hmm. and so getting to this idea of like is it, everyone is redeemable right uh, like do do the villains have to die is is there is there something else that could happen to redeem these villains in a way that doesn't involve violence mm-hmm. um yeah and and i don't know it it's a challenging thing for me to think about so like one of the things that like, so, I was looking at the hero's journey for Luke Skywalker because that's a very mm-hmm. famous hero's journey, and so then i'm thinking okay what does what is Anakin's villain journey look like, and how does that how does that path overlap or or like Harry and voldemort like- is it possible that Voldemort couldn't have ended up like he was like what what are the things along his path that could have changed so that he wouldn't end up where he was um and so like challenging myself to think of villains as people as much as you can mm-hmm. and not as just villains um i think definitely changes how you look at okay how do we respond to the
0: evil that they're doing or how do we respond mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. how we deal with them right cuz i i think if there's just like an uh, assumed moral foundation but no one really investigates that or it's just like it's not a real moral foundation it's just kind of like a uh skeletal one mm-hmm. any anyone outside of that there's no if if there is no real moral foundation there's there's no way to censor people who fall outside of it Right, other than violence right and and so i I think the the m c u really falls into that that kind of paradigm because there if there is a real moral foundation into the m c u it's not investigated mm-hmm. um, and so when people tr- transgress that, you can't be like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that because of such and such other than like don't kill people." But, even but that is uh, also, moral. why? Right. Um, granted, I'm not. I'm not like advocating for killing people. I'm just saying, if there is no moral foundation, you can say whatever you want. Right. Anyway, so okay. Why does this
1: matter? Why? Why is this important? What should we take away from this discussion?
0: Well, I th- I think that reflects. Um, lots of life right now like I don't I don't really like the whole you should punch a Nazi argument because I don't think you should Mm -hmm. um and like if punching them is the only way we have to stop Nazis that seems bad Mm -hmm. uh I feel I feel like we should be able to say Nazis are bad for all kinds of other reasons um and Nazis are an extreme aversion, but lots of people talk about punching them more than most other groups of people. Um, but, and then I also think that something I forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and another thing I, I found really interesting, as I was watching way too much of Michael Cohen's testimony, uh... I was also watching FiveThirtyEight's live feed mm-hmm. as they were discussing things that were going on. And right at the end, ranking House member uh, Cummings, whose initials I assume are not EE, but I'm not entirely sure, uh, began talking about the path of redemption for Michael Cohen, which was an interesting thread throughout the hearing. Hmm. Uh, and so Claire Malone from Five Thirty Eight says, This is not necessarily a topic for a blog, but I don't think American culture grapples enough with the concept of forgiveness and poli- political life and criminal justice everywhere. And I would, I would say that MCU has no interest in forgiveness. Um, or it, if it doesn't have interest in forgiveness, it definitely does not grapple with mm-hmm. forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with Loki, but s- still not really. Right. Um, Because I, I think it's, it's a harder thing to juggle. Like you can't forgive, forgiveness isn't something you can solve, but just by punching it, Mm -hmm. which is the, like the main verb of the MCU. Uh, and so just don't deal with it. Uh, but I, I think that's, I think that's bad, Mm -hmm. um, because forgiveness is important. Um. Because I, I think without it, we increasingly become isolated from everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I forget where my train of thought was going to go. Um, what was the first thing you said before the 538 thing?
0: Um, it's important because... We also live in a world like that? Oh, yeah. This is what I was going to talk about. So,
1: so two things. One of the things, again, I'm g- so I'm going to talk about Green Book and Black Klansman. Cool. Green Book repeatedly, um, Dr. Shirley, who is, what's his name, Herschela Ali's character,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: would tell... Mr. Van Longa, Vigo Mortensen's character, that violence isn't the correct way to respond. And so many times in the movie, Vigo Mortensen just wanted to beat the snot out of people to, like, because they were treating Dr. Shirley wrong. Mm-hmm. And repeatedly he said, no, this is not the way that we solve this issue. This is not the way to respond to this issue. And then I think about... Black Klansmen, right? What did these guys do? These are cops who are infiltrating the KKK. They don't necessarily just go in and like bust down the doors and like beat the snot out of these guys and arrest them and throw them in jail or kill them or whatever. They go through it in a way. They follow the legal system. They do all of these things, um, to go about it in the right way, in a nonviolent way, to. To enact change um in in their society, so I think if both of those even even if they again you can argue about which one's better or should have won best picture, but both of them are saying violence isn't the way that we actually change society or the way that we mm-hmm. change things moving forward it's not about it's not about whoever punches the hardest has is right it's about. Standing up for what's right and actually humbling yourself and and sacrificing yourself um, for what
0: is right. Um, And most answers are more complex than can be solved by punching. Mm -hmm. In fact, other than who can punch best, I don't know if there are a lot of problems that can be answered by punching better, you know?
1: Right. And then going back to what you were saying about forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. by punching somebody and just eliminating them, that is not the same thing as forgiveness. And right. so it, it it's easy to just punch somebody and move on with life. It's much harder to f- actually forgive somebody mm-hmm. or see them and say, okay, this person can be reconciled. Or, wow, Thanos just killed everybody. Is it possible for him to be good or is he just evil and we have to get rid of him? It, there there isn't that tension um which i think again is more compelling than let's just beat the snot out of people and Mm -hmm. hope that gets rid of our problem Mm -hmm. so yeah so that that's something that i've kind of been thinking about is like how do we kind of challenging my thought of how i look at villains Mm -hmm. and instead of looking at here's somebody that needs to be destroyed but how can we look at and say okay can this person be redeemed
0: Mm -hmm. and i i i say let's support this jesus comic because I, i think it is it is and always will be jesus message is always a uh kind of a uh reformation on our our normal ways of viewing the world and um dealing with conflict like we we were just talking about earlier that uh Jesus his forgiveness is way more than what we would normally say is like just hmm. and so how like what would a world like that look like um so it might be blasphemous, um, but I, I think it's an appropriate challenge to how we view conflict and resolution.
1: Mm-hmm. Another thing I was uh, kind of convicted by this past week, so I'm taking a
0: class about on the history of missions.
1: And it was talking about a story about a guy who went to China and um, was basically – he went in as kind of like a scholar – Um, and eventually, and like took on their culture. So like shaved his head and dressed up like a Buddhist monk and did all of Mm -hmm. these things so that he would be more accepted within the culture. Um, and it talked a little bit about how in some of the theology, he allowed some of the things from their, their old traditional practices of like ancestral worship and these things. And my first response to that was like, no, you can't do that. You, that's like syncretism you you can't compromise the gospel in that way but mm-hmm. then i was kind of convicted thinking hey like the it from the story that or from what it sounds like there are people that genuinely came to christ because of this and like mm-hmm. not only because of the working uh, the his work but then for generations onward and If he had come in and said, no, you can't do any of this, you can't do this, you have to completely separate yourself from your past religions, would he have even been able to get into the country and even save anyone? And so kind of the stretch to this comic, I guess, is, yeah, maybe it is going to have some things that are wrong, or maybe it is going to have some things that are blasphemous, but there's still going to be Christ is still going to be presented. Right. And it sounds like this guy still is presenting Christ in a way that I say is pretty countercultural in the way that Christ actually is. And so Mm -hmm. even if it makes me a little uncomfortable, I can still trust God to say he can still, God can still work in people's lives, even if they're not getting the full gospel, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and thinking about my own life and thinking, wow, I, like I'm still relying on God to grow me and allow me to learn more about the gospel. That is the sanctification process, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so why do I have less faith for people and worry about this isn't the exact gospel word for word, like letter to letter? Um, and, and don't trust God to be able to work and through all things that point to Christ. So I, I don't know. I don't know where that balance is. I don't know the answer to that question, but it's something I've been challenged to think about this week.
0: Um, it's a, If you're looking for more uncertainty about the answer to that question, I would recommend the works of uh, Shusaku Endo. About silence? Silence, Deep River especially. Mm-hmm. Um but we need to recommend other things, though.
1: Yep. Okay, you got something?
0: Yeah, I saw lots of movies this week. Um, I saw uh, if Beale Street could talk, oh. which was good. Um, it was it was sadder than I thought it was gonna be,
1: hmm.
0: which I don't not like. Um, but it was like, yeah, it was. Kind of slow and beautiful, very different than lots of the other uh nominees for best picture hmm uh one movie that I saw that was really great uh was called the Florida project um and it was snubbed by the Oscars last year because yeah. they're clueless uh but it's great it's about it's about this kid named Mooney who grows up in this, like, slum hotel in Florida outside of Disneyland. And Mooney's, like, six. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, following her and her friends. Her friend's name is Jancy, which is Are it was serious? so weird the entire time. J-A-N-C-E-Y. Um, so it's just, like, following these kids around. And they're just, like, they're in, like, objectively terrible circumstances the whole time. Mm-hmm. But Mooney is just having fun all the time. And so uh she won the Critics Choice Award for Best Young Actress whenever the Florida Project came out. Mhm. And stop everything you're doing and listen to her acceptance speech for that award because it, it it's it's like it's the most precious thing in the world. <laughs> um anyway, uh the Florida Project's good and then I wa- so I finally watched a ghost story. Okay. Uh which stars Casey Affleck under a bed sheet. Mm, yes. Um and so I I don't know if I would recommend this movie to anyone. Um. so unless you you are like, Wow, I really share Austin's tastes and everything. I would love to see an unbroken shot of five minutes of a woman eating a pie and then vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> if if none of those things are like, yeah, I want to watch that movie, do not watch this movie. But if you, if that is you, definitely watch this movie. Oh my goodness. because uh, um, so, I was I was thinking about I was thinking a lot about invisibility this week. Mm-hmm. Um And so I was worried Ghost Story had stolen my idea, but no, nah, it was different, so solid. Mhm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, was the last recommendation I read a lot of poems by Emily Dickinson this week they were great so Solid. check them out nice
1: um, let's see I did watch Green Book I will recommend it even if I think that Black Klansman is better I still think Green Book is good and I think it's everybody should probably watch it um, well maybe not everybody but you should watch it you should also watch Black Klansman Mm-hmm. Um. I also recommend cleaning your room. I, I mean, it's lame, right? But um, yep. and maybe people's rooms are cleaner than mine, but mine was a mess. My room is also tiny, so even That's just true. having like a pair of pants on the ground makes it like unable to see the floor. <laughs> um. But it just feels nice to have a clean room. Um. Which again probably makes me sound really old and lame. Yep. But yep. you should try it
0: because it probably will um, have a nice steaming bowl of split pea soup. Uh huh. And just a mug of whole hot water. Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: Uh, it's it's really my favorite.
0: Um, uh, but yeah, those those are my recommendations. Nothing anything great, but.
1: Okay, thanks, Gramps. I think it's pretty great. I really though do I like. I do
0: want to be an old person when I grow up. So
1: I got my cardigan on, so working nice. LL Bean. All right. Any final thoughts for this week?
0: Uh, no. All right. Sounds thanks good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. If again,
1: if you have questions that you want us to answer, or you think it'd be good to talk about send them our way however you f- find yourself doing that
0: that'd be great we do read them so
1: and I sometimes respond to them <laughs> Austin's better at that than I am mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: alright we'll see you next week